When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The SAC, taking you inside the Festival State's tennis community, thanks to Langman and Lay Elite Tennis Academy, providing coaching for all standards and ages in a group or private setting at Glen Lee Tennis Club. Inquire at LLETATennisAcademy at gmail.com or follow on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Welcome to edition two of season two of the SAC. I'm Bevan Jones, where each month I take you inside the South Australian tennis community in our second edition for 2023, I catch up with former Australian Davis Cup player Sandon Stolly and two of the recent winning captains of the Tennis SA State League Grand Finals, Sean Van Rensburg and Mia Sukalis. <laughs> Glenlee Tennis Club has taken home their fourth consecutive Tennis SA State League women's title. It was great to recently catch up with their winning captain, Mia Sukalis, to hear about how they got it done, as well as her tennis journey so far. Mia Carlos, welcome to the SAC. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, you're most welcome. Now, Glenn Lee, absolutely flying the last four years, four in a row now. What an amazing effort. Great to be part of such a successful team, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I think it's, like, super rewarding. We've had a great group of girls, and we're all, like, really close as friends. So but to be able to do it all together and for the club, it's honestly been so much fun over the past, like, however many years. Just, like, keep going and see how far we can take it. It's been great. And you're very young yourself as a team captain. That must be pretty special as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I've been playing State League for a while now, but we've always had somebody older and a bit more mature. As you said, I'm quite young. So, like, to make such, like, you know, stressful decisions was great opportunities this season, but it was also quite stressful. So, I mean, it was all about just balancing everything between the girls. I think the fact that we're all friends made that a bit easier. Going back to, like, the club, I mean, we had Todd who helped me heaps this season. So I think it was really rewarding to be able to fill that position for the season. You're talking about Todd Langman, I presume? Yeah, yeah. Todd Langman. <laughs> yeah, I interviewed Todd the last edition of, of the SAC, absolutely ripping bloke. And yeah, yeah what, he's great, he's great. What's it, yeah, what's it like to, to have him in your corner and, and, and tell us about your relationship with him? Oh, Todd's great. I mean, I've known him for like a couple of years now. Um, I met him through school tennis, actually, surprisingly. Um, and he's really helped me with both my tennis and like he's a great mate as well. You can get on with him. He's really down to earth. He's like free for a chance or a beer about anything so he's really good and like even though now he's traveling he's and I see we still keep in contact heaps and yeah really lucky to like have him in my tennis career and so at what age were you when you first had Todd coaching you I think I was about 15 I came to Glen Lee just because one of my old coaches who's now my actual coach um, moved just a bit too far for us so Todd was really close and we'd heard really good things and yeah like I started with him at 15 and I started getting some great results and it, he was just such fun the atmosphere he has at the club down at Glen Lee is awesome like it's, it's honestly like one of the best in SA I think and 
is, yeah, like I said, he's really helped me both as a coach but also as a mentor as well. And what do you think it is about his coaching that sort of makes him so successful? Obviously, not only yourself, yeah, you mentioned Tanasi before and there's been many, many as well as them, as well as yourself and Tanasi. Yeah, no, well, I think the fact that he's really down to earth, he really understands you, he takes time to understand, like if you're having a bad day or your problems, he really like tries to listen. But he's also, he pushes you so much as well. I think the combination of both makes him, like, a really good coach for everybody. And like I said, he's a really good bloke as well, so he's easy to get on with. You don't feel uncomfortable. Um, and he just offers advice based on what's best for you, and I think that's, like, the most key thing. And, and getting back to, obviously, winning on the day, it was a pretty tight contest. It went, obviously came down to the doubles in the end, and Memorial Drive put up a pretty good fight. Uh, must make it yeah. even more special that it was so close at the end as well, Mia? Yeah, no, definitely. I was going back and forward. I was like, oh, do I want it to go to the doubles? Do I not? I mean, obviously, it would have been like nice to not have it as stressful, but I think like rewarding-wise, like just that feeling like to have it come down to the doubles and then, you know, winning off that, it just made it so much more sweet. So honestly, like there was a little bit of pressure there for a moment. So I think the fact that we were able to handle that and then get through it just made the win so much more gratifying. And what do you enjoy playing at Glenlee and, and how long have you been involved with the club now for? So I moved there actually the first summer season we won. So I think that was, I think it was 1819 or 1920, one of the two. And I mean, it was great. Like the girls there are incredible. I mean, the team has changed over the years, but there have been some key girls there throw out and like they're just like they're, we're really good friends I think the atmosphere at the club is like unreal as well the relationship between the girls and the guys team is really strong as well so that helps as well on home games everybody at the club is just really supportive like they're really like they're really sweet about it and yeah I think it's just heaps of fun it doesn't feel as much as like a job sort of thing it's like going out there and having fun like it really is no matter whether you win or lose because the atmosphere at the end is like so much fun and tell us about your own personal journey Mia you mentioned before you came to Glenlee in the, the 1920 season but uh, when did you first start playing tennis and and I guess who was your influence growing up <laughs> so I think I started like obviously as a little kid like three just hitting a tennis ball or whatever and then at about eight I think I started to take it quite seriously and I my dad um, reached out and I started um, coaching with Ben Milner down at Millswood and he was like my junior coach for years and he was great. I mean, he honestly was like one of the reasons I'm the tennis player I am today. Um, he helped me so much and I was with him and wherever he moved, he moved a couple of times and he was great. And, you know, I've done like stuff state-wise, nationally-wise, which I'm like really proud of and that's been great. So, yeah, no, it's been a good ride and obviously now I'm back with Ben and he's been helping me as I try to transition from a junior sort of into like the senior or into like whatever I choose to do next so I think yeah everybody from him and all of my friends I had growing up I, we had a really great group as a, like an 04 2004 girl we had a really great group of girls both in my state I have friends nationally and we're all so close and I think all of them combined have just made me keep playing and the player I am today. Do your parents or you know friends and family play tennis? Oh yeah you? actually surprisingly neither of my parents play tennis which is a bit odd all my friends their parents play tennis and I always ask like how'd you get me into tennis like um but no yeah weird super weird but no 
obviously, like, once I started, they've been, like, a tremendous support, like, through everything. Like, they just supported me no matter what, through the ups and downs, and I couldn't be more thankful for everything they've done for me. And did you have a, an idol growing up as well that you looked up to? I mean, um, we've recently seen Ash Barty retire, and a lot of girls tend to have looked up to her. Was was she one of those, me or someone else? Yeah, definitely Ash. I mean, she was an Aussie, so having an Aussie, they really helped. As a lefty, I was also a bit of a fan of Angie Kerber. Like, I liked her a lot. She was, like, her playing style and just her game I looked up to because I didn't see as many lefties on the tour as her. <laughs> but, yeah, just a mix of both, really. I just enjoyed watching anybody, to be honest. And, obviously, getting back to making it four in a row, playing at Memorial Drive, the renovated Memorial Drive as well, on the centre court, must have been a pretty special feeling. Yeah, it, it was honestly unreal. Like, I didn't think it would be as cool as it was. I think they've done an awesome job facility-wise. Like, they've really helped us. I mean, tennis and SA, like, our facility just went up to par at one stage, and I think they've really done a good job of trying to get that back because, like, everything there is so new. Really going to help everybody coming up now. I think they're awesome. Um, the atmosphere, just like the courts and having everybody spectating and what they were able to pull off on the day was unreal, and it was such a great experience to be a part of. And four in a row must have been a pretty big celebration that night, I can imagine. All us girls, we all, we all stuck together. We stuck with the guys as well, and it was just really nice. Like, a couple of drinks, and we all just, like, just were, like, just chilled and hung out, and, yeah, it was a good night. <laughs> it sounds like it's, um, from what you said to me as well, it's one of those clubs where everyone's really close, and, and the men and the women sort of help each other out, which obviously leads to, to making it a successful club. Yeah, no, like, definitely. I, I mean, even, like, even though our boys weren't in the final, they still came and they watched. And then afterwards when we went, we actually went back to the club to, like, have a few drinks and stuff and some food. They were there as well. So, I mean, like, we've got a really close relationship with everybody. And I think, like you said, it makes it so much more fun and enjoyable. And, and going forward, Mia, in your own personal tennis journey, do you still have ambitions of taking it to the highest level one day or are you just happy playing club tennis now? Um, at the moment, it's a bit tricky for me. I'm in a bit of a weird position because I'm in between not a junior anymore, but I'm not really at that level to like go on the senior tour. So I think I'm heading down the path of college, which will really help me. I mean, it'll give me not only like a degree, but it'll give me like some room to grow as a player and just mature a little bit and then I can make some more decisions on what I want to do in my life. Well, that sounds absolutely wonderful and wish you all the very best with that and thanks so much for taking the time to have a chat today on the SA scene and again, congratulations on that four in a row and, and being the team captain as well. Thank you so much. It was lovely chatting to you today. Great to catch up with Mia and hear about her club's recent success. To our next guest, who has also recently tasted success as the winning men's captain of the Peak Gardens Riverside Tennis Club, where they claimed their first ever men's tennis SA state league title. Reflecting with Sean Van Rensburg. Well, Sean Van Rensburg, welcome to the SA scene for the very first time. Hey, Bevan. Thanks for having me on the show. Now, a pretty special uh, moment happened a couple of weeks ago. The Peak Gardens Riverside Tennis Club won their first ever State League Premiership. That must have been a pretty special day and a pretty big night, I can imagine, as well. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, the celebrations were uh, that they were going later on that day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was a really special moment because I think everyone on our team had never won a State League Premiership before. And also the fact that it was 
you know, for Pete Gardens, and I've been coaching there for a very long time. And I've played quite a few seasons there. It felt really, really good and really special. And talk to us through the actual day itself. Pretty one-sided win in the end, but still, obviously, to get the job done, though, is an amazing achievement. Yeah, so we played them earlier earlier in the semi-final to go through into the finals. Um, we got up four love again, but, I mean, my match went to three sets, uh, number two singles went to, I think it was 6-4-7-6, and the third match was also a breaker in the second, so they're all, all really, really close matches. So we sort of thought it was maybe going to be similar on the finals day, where each match could maybe go either way. I think everyone was really focused and wanted to get the win, so we just all made sure we did our jobs. And you're a young lad yourself, you're only 22, so very young to be a team captain. Um, is it a young side as well, or is it a bit of a mixed bag of young and old? We got... We got Brad Mousley and Luke Sebastiani, and I think they're, they're in the mid-20s, so that's probably the oldest in the team at the moment. But the rest of it, yeah, there's Ken, he's 22, and we got two other junior guys on board. They both just turned 18 this year or last year. So yeah, overall, it's very young. It's my first year in the role of, as uh, club captain, so it was a good oh, experience for me. Talk us through the actual season itself and, and the keys to the success that, that took you all the way in the end, Sean. Most of our team, apart from the two really young guys, we all had our own you know, commitments outside of the season so it's just all about managing the team and making sure that you know on the day we had still a strong side to fill out and that obviously helped by having you know we had a very strong team this season but yeah the season was just all about that really and just making sure that we really wanted that number one spot at the end of the regular season just to make sure that we get that home semi-final just for the atmosphere and everything the team did really well everyone everyone played well in their matches and we ended up winning the majority of them so and how have you been involved as, as part of the peak gardens riverside tennis club and yeah perhaps tell us about some of your tennis journey there sean uh, i started coaching there in about 2017 that was the first place i ever started working at i started doing a lot of my training there and getting involved with the, the head coach and the committee and the club people there from six years ago so since then i've always had a bit of a connection to peak gardens and in the last couple of years that's grown a lot more since i started training there again with obviously lee two was was out there for a while and i started doing all of my coaching there so it's just been yeah like building really good relationship with the club and all the people there and it's just been really fun and when did you first pick up a racket and, and was there an influence in the family like your parents or friend or something like that or did you have like a bit of an idol growing up there's no exact age that i can really pinpoint as to when i first started playing tennis but since my dad my dad played on the tour for a couple of years he got to about 500 i think or 500 or 600 in the world my mum played her whole life as well and all of my grandparents, so I think I would have started probably as early as possible. And, and obviously Brad Mousley as well, speaking of players, you know, making it through to a high level, Brad played a very high level as well. Yeah, he's been an amazing part of the team. We played a few doubles together and, you know, he's helping me out. He's played with some of the younger guys, helped them out. And honestly, he's just a lot of fun to be around. So, yeah, he's been great to have on the team. Obviously playing at the drive, the, the, the newly renovated drive as well, um, on centre court must have been pretty special for you guys. Oh, it's amazing, yeah. The whole new setup is, um, yeah, it's a weird feeling having that in SA for the first time, really. It's such a, like, professional, really good-looking stadium or centre court, yeah. No, it was, it was really nice. You mentioned before your, your tennis coaching. Do you want to give that a plug? What was the name of your business? I worked for, for M2 Tennis out of Big Gardens with uh, Ben Milner. I spoke to young Mia Sakalas earlier on who Ben coaches, so what a small world, yeah. eh? <laughs> we were out there coaching coaching earlier today together. And, and where to from, from here for your own tennis journey and stuff natural? And you're obviously still very young yourself, but you're wanting to take things to a higher level or you just want to focus now on your coaching and your playing? No, I'm definitely keen on travel 
travelling more this year and looking for more opportunities to play futures. I look to go overseas at some point and hopefully you know, get, get a lot more tournaments under my belt. You know, mature age tennis players now going around, you know, within SA as well, like Alex Bolts and these sort of guys. And so you must draw some inspiration from, from these sort of lads that have played at the highest level as well. I started training with Bolte when he first started sort of coming back, I think it was 2016. I was training with him a fair bit and, you know, seeing that happen, like watching him go from not playing tennis for a little while and then coming back and really being successful at it. It was definitely still an influence in my daily life, so yeah. Wonderful. And in terms of Pete Gardens, um, for back-to-back next year? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> if we get the same team together, that'd be, that'd be awesome. But we'll see what the other guys are up to. It sounds like a fair bit of talent from uh, from what you told me anyway, so <laughs> you might yeah. be out there again. <laughs> well, uh, Sean Van Rensberg, thanks so much for joining us on the SA scene. Uh, again, congratulations to you and the team on winning your first ever State League Premiership and all the very best for you, not only your coaching but your playing journey as well. Yeah, thanks, Bevan. Thanks for having me on the show. Great to catch up with Sean Van Rensburg to hear about what it was like to win their club's first ever Men's Tennis SA State League title. To our final guest for this episode, we welcome former professional tennis player and Australian Davis Cup representative, Sandon Stolly. It was fantastic to hear the great work that Sandon is doing with up-and-coming SA tennis men's and women's talent. Sam Stolly, welcome to the SAC for the very first time. Great to have you on for a chat. Mate, thanks for having us and uh, all things SA tennis. We're excited, I guess, for the next few years. Hopefully we've got some, some talent coming through and um, it's great just to have all the borders opened up again and also, you know, to, to start getting the kids out there from a performance base, travelling traveling overseas and also in the state to, to have that healthy competition. Now tell us about your role because it's a really exciting one. It's, it's a national role but you're representing SA and as you mentioned, you're, you're focusing on the talent coming through men's and women's with SA Tennis. Explain that a bit more. Yeah, so Tennis Australia, um, we've got, uh, I guess, my counterparts in each state, so, um, and we, basically it's changed a little bit where we're not sort of in charge of the, I guess, the, the development so much of, of the kids from a high performance point of view, where the private coach is um, really taking the front seat of that. Um, and then my role is to sort of work with those private coaches in the, in the kids' development. So in some ways, we are in charge of their development, but we're also, uh, you know, the private coaches really are the ones um, that are supposed to be driving that uh, that high performance or that, that development um, part with their kids. So a bit of a change. So a lot of my work is, you know, I run a lot of squads and, you know, we've probably taken a little bit more uh, inclusive ownership on the kids rather than exclusive, so it sort of opened it up a little bit more in that space, which, you know, probably, I guess, uh, looking at that, Tennis Australia really wanted to sort of feel like that if we had a bit more of a, an inclusive space that we're opening those opportunities up to a few more kids and, and the development of a few more better tennis players. And, and how do you feel tennis is going in South Australia at the moment, and, and perhaps uh, mention some of the, the young ones to, to keep an eye on for the next couple of years? Yeah, look, I, I definitely feel we're, we're probably a little behind, to be honest, even with some of the other states. Um, we've always batted above average in the sense of having a great, some great players come through SA, um, and I think that's still the case. But I think you know, COVID. You're not going to blame everything on COVID, but it did, did hurt us a lot. You know, in, in a couple of those those years where you know we weren't able to to really travel much and have that competition, the kids missed out on some of those development years, and, and that's starting to turn up a little bit now. You know, starting with our 12s and 14s nationals, where maybe some of the other states. Because of the you know the numbers that they had, they still had some level of competition within their state at least. So that's something that we have to 
make some time up on now. And, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it's just great to, um, to have things opened up again. And, you know, we're coming up, we're trying to just come up with different ideas to have different competitions. I mean, I'm out here today down at the drive and school tennis is on the final with, uh, with Merrittville and Henley. So that's, it's, it's great just to see all these different competitions being played again and then you know the final of junior state league comes up on uh next friday and then we just had state league finish up um, a couple weeks ago so i think that's the big thing for me um with with with, i guess a lot of my discussions with the private coaches and also the parents is that we we've we've got to get back to to competition and competing i think we've you know we've gone away from that a little bit and some of the kids almost are shying away from competing they're happy to uh to do the training but um not necessarily compete and um if we're going to challenge the world's best and, and especially overseas you know, they're, they're just ruthless competitors, um, and we've got to try and create that here at home with some of our younger ones and want them to have that hunger that, you know, someone like Leighton had when he was, you know, that, that young age. And they're tough to find. Obviously, Leighton was a, was just an absolute freak at what he did at, at such a young age. You've got to be able to inspire the kids and try and try and find that fire, get that fire burning in their bellies. Obviously, your own personal career we'll get to in a moment and, you know, representing Australia and how amazing that would have been. But uh, tell us about the pathways beyond your playing career and in tennis pretty much um i took probably a year and a half out of tennis just to have a break from it yeah post playing almost seems a lifetime ago but post post playing really got into coaching and my progression in coaching is almost gone backwards where you know i started coach at a pro level and was coaching under the ais for a while i went over to china before the beijing olympic games and basically it was a one of two foreign coaches over there that coached the uh, women's national team, which uh, at that time had Lee Na, who was obviously, you know, won an Australian Open and the French Open. That was an awesome time. And then, you know, came back home again and was working for the AIS and worked with uh, some of the men in that program and then some of the girls. And, and then, yeah, just started to have family and didn't want to travel as much, but uh, took a role in New South Wales. That's where I'm originally from. So I was in Sydney pretty much when I retired in 2002, all the way through when we moved to Adelaide about seven years ago because we just wanted to get out of uh, Sydney and my wife's a, a Norwood girl and um, it's been great. I've really enjoyed coming back to uh, to South Australia and um, raising the family here and trying to make an impact on you know tennis in South Australia. That's so wonderful to hear and obviously, yeah, like you mentioned, a lot of people do, do the same thing. They, they want to get out of Melbourne or Sydney because it's so so busy and crazy with the, the, you know, the cost of living and the housing prices. So I can understand why you wanted to move to Adelaide for sure. I feel like Adelaide's getting more expensive because everyone's moving. <laughs> they're, not, they're not helping us out too much. So true. And, and let's go back to your tennis journey as a, as a young lad. Obviously, your dad, Fred, played you know, at the highest level as well, was number one in the world at one stage in amateur tennis. And, and, and tell us about his influence on yourself, Sandon, and, and when you first picked up a racket. And, and yeah, I guess your, your passion for the game. Yeah, I was always around it. I mean, that was his life as well. So it became our life as a, as a young family and um, always around the, the club that, you know, dad was coaching at and hitting tennis balls with my sisters and getting coached by dad a bit. And then also he had, you know, the younger coaches under him that, you know, I, I did a lot of work with them. And, and then pretty much when I was, I mean, we, we headed overseas pretty early on in my my younger years and then I got an opportunity when I thought my tennis was going okay or dad did the 
late Harry Hopman, who set up an academy over there. So it was at Harry Hopman's academy when I was 14, 15, just training full time. And, um, you know, that was something in my development that really just took me to another level. I lived and breathed the tennis and, you know, I wasn't really a great junior. Uh, and, I, and I opted to go the pathway of uh, U.S. college for a couple of years and, and then started to really find my feet a little bit. I was winning pretty much everything over there and then got home and started to I got picked on the Junior Davis Cup team and um, started to travel with the team play under some really great coaches and that was my I guess my early entry into the pros and then that pretty much was on the road I feel like I've been on the road well I was on the road when I was 14 up until I retired in 2002 so people always ask where were you from and I was like well I don't know I was sort of on the road most of the time so I didn't really have come home to Australia every at the end of every year and have summer here which was great and then I was just pretty much on the road 10 months of the year after that. And, and representing Australia in the Davis Cup that must have been a pretty big thrill for you Sandy? Something that was was always never a big uh, it, was a, it was a big goal and a goal that you know you want to always try and set goals for yourself and um, but to, to be able to play Davis Cup for Australia was just something that was pretty special for for me and also you know for, for dad um, I think it was a pretty proud moment you know when I got to play uh, my first tie was playing the doubles in, in um, Washington against the USA and that was the year Pete Sampras had, had won Wimbledon but he opted not to play singles because they had such a great team they had Jim Currier and Todd Martin and uh, you know we had Pat and Leighton it was Leighton's debut as well you know and got to play the doubles with fellow Australian but South Australian Mark Woodford and you know to get to play Pete Sampras and uh, a guy that I played a bit of doubles with Alex O'Brien we ended up losing that, that doubles match 7-5 in the 5th but um, you know it was a great um, yeah it was a great experience for me and to, to be part of you know an Australian Davis Cup was, was a dream come true so it was something that you know I don't it, it, as I said it seems like a long time ago I don't really talk too much about it but you go back to those times and yeah it was, uh, it, was it was pretty awesome and, and obviously as you mentioned you, you've been involved with the, the tennis scene for well, pretty much ever since you were a junior and what's your thoughts on on the UTR you know like a lot of sport you know tennis is very commercial and very business oriented and you know I think UTR as I mentioned when we had COVID you know none of the professionals had jobs uh, at that stage and so I think uh, we're looking for a platform to, to I guess keep our, our pros playing at, at, at some sort of level and, and so that's sort of where UTR got introduced and you know it was, it was probably a great platform for, for those few years of when we had COVID and it worked quite well and, and then obviously it was a, a business agreement with uh, Tennis Australia as well and um, it is here to stay I mean I think you know, it does have its place it, it, there's obviously some holes in, in the ratings and, and I guess the, the opportunities but I think at the end of the day you're trying to find and what the system does is that of having ranking points it's a rating system and it does encourage kids to play because the more you play you know your rating will go up and um, but it's, it's it's finding those those matches that are going to challenge you and I think that's sort of a bit, bit a bit of the challenge with UTR because I guess even in the regions and that maybe they don't have that level of player so the kids are not able to, to find those those tougher matches that they need so I think it, it has been a challenge and you know we've got to just we've just got to work with um, you know that, that system and and again, just keep encouraging the kids to play. Hopefully not worry too much about a number. Like I said, it's where I try and educate the kids and the parents. So sometimes I'm, you know, I might say, well, who did you play today? And they, they tell me, well, I played a 4.2. Like, well, what's, what's the kid's name? And so instead of remembering the kid's name, they're just remembering a number, which is a bit sad. So again, you know, I think we just need to get back to playing and, and, and 
playing the person in front of us, and, and uh, that's going to be better for our development. A lot of us are concerned about what that, you know, the UTR, and as you mentioned, what it, what it represents, but probably uh, it's here to stay a little bit in, in the Australian rating system and, and for tennis at the moment. And one more thing before I let you go as well, mate. You mentioned before about how you spent some time in the college system. What's your take on that, and, and for any up-and-coming tennis players, like whether it be parents or players that are listening today, what advice do you to give those players or parents that are considering putting their kids through college in the future? I mean, again, I'm, I'm an advocate. I, I did it for, for my two years of development. Um, there was no way I was ready to, to go and try my, I guess, my luck or, or where I was at when I was 18. I felt like I needed another couple of years, and, and the college system did that for me. And that's going back, um, I hate to say my age, but probably 30-plus years. And the system now is, especially in tennis, is, uh, it is just, I can't believe how competitive competitive is. I mean, the, the team that I play with, uh, TCU, they're, they're one in the country at the moment, and they've got a team of eight boys on that team, and probably three boys that have an ATP ranking of about 450. Not like they can't they can't play, but, you know, the way the system's set up over there in, in a lot of these sports is, you know, it's a big opportunity to, to compete on some big stages and to develop and, and also uh, get a great education, and it's a life experience. There's a lot of positives in it, um, people to say that you know it's it's a plan B or you know the the competition is no good. I question that because it is a uh, there's a pretty healthy competition and it's only going to get stronger. In it. And um, as I mentioned, you know the, the kids playing it from you know all around the world and getting over there, if they get scholarship money thrown at them as well. It's a way of sort of staying in the sport for a few more years and developing in sport. And, it, and it, if it turns out that they're not going to go into the pro ranks again, it's a it's a backup of, of getting a a great degree and, and, and keeping up your schoolwork. Well, Sam and Solly, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the SA scene today. Thanks so much for providing such a great insight into where tennis is at at the moment and keep up the great work with your role involved with tennis in South Australia and we look forward to you know following the journey of some of these up-and-coming young players that you're involved with. No worries, Devin. Thanks for having us. Keep doing our best here and um, anytime, give us a ring and we'll uh, check back in with you soon. Fantastic to hear from Sam and Stolly. Thanks for tuning in to the second of our monthly SA Scene podcasts for 2023. If you have a guest idea, drop us a line at thefirstservesen at gmail.com. That's thefirstservesen at gmail.com. Catch you next time. The First Serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, Read weekly features by our team of writers and follow us on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and subscribe to our YouTube channel.